Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. Hello, Bayview. Always good to be with you. A big shout out to Stephen Liu and the leaders and to you as a congregation. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of years, hasn't it, with this global pandemic and all the uncertainty that's come with that. And so well done for navigating that. And I trust you've had a great start to the year and really looking forward to sharing with you today. I understand you're working through the Gospel of Matthew this year, which is just a wonderful book of the New Testament, telling us about Jesus and his mission and his work in the world. And so today I'm going to add to that series as we look at Matthew 4. Matthew 4 verses 18 to 22, reading from the New Living Translation. It says this, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore, the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. They left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. He called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. It's an interesting story. If you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard it before, or maybe you're visiting or new, and that's the first time you've heard it. A couple of observations. I think the main thing that I see here is Jesus is an incredible team builder. You know, if anyone could have done all the work by himself, it was Jesus. Jesus was phenomenally gifted. He was probably the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor. We're told that he was full of the Spirit. So if anyone could have done all the work, all the ministry for the mission he had, he could have. But, you know, the first thing he did was to choose some other people to join his team, to be a part of his work in the world. I think in many ways this reflects the nature of God. The God we worship is not a single solitary God off by him or herself somewhere. God reveals uh, himself as being one God, existing in three persons, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, one of the first teams or first small groups, if you will. And we see the Trinity working together in creation. The, the, the Father speaks, the Word is spoken, and the Spirit moves, and the world is created. And so we see God as a team working in creation, and then the same in redemption. God the Father sends the Son, the Son comes, and then the Spirit makes the work of the Son real in each of our lives. And so again, we see the Trinity working as a team uh, in redemption and restoration here on the earth. And so leadership is meant to be team-based. It's not for one person, it's for everyone together. You know, Moses in the Old Testament, he, he didn't get this. He was the original one-man band. Uh, Moses didn't have an easy job. He had a big church, a couple hundred thousand people, and they weren't like Bayview. They were a murmuring, grumbling, bumbling bunch. In fact, some days Moses wanted to kill them all. And God's saying, no, Moses, <laughs> you can't do that. Other days, God wanted to kill them all. Moses going, no, God, no, God. <laughs> it's a good thing for Israel that God and Moses didn't have a bad day on the same day. You know, so it was a tough gig. But anyway, he was doing it all himself. And people were lined up for miles and uh, they were getting frustrated. He was getting burnt out. And so his father-in-law, Jethro, gave him a word of wisdom and said, hey, raise up some other leaders, uh, build a team, spread some of the load so that you don't wear out and the people receive the ministry that they need to minister to. And so, <laughs> you know, Moses, as a one-man band, it wasn't going to work. And so the lesson here is that uh, life and ministry is meant to be done 
in team. And it's the same with the church. Imagine going to a football game. Let's say it's the, the saints versus the demons. Uh, who are we going for? <laughs> well, let's just say today we're going for the saints. And so uh, you sit down, you've got your popcorn, you've got your drink, and you're hoping the saints can pull off a win today. Uh, well, the game starts and the demons players are all out on the field. Uh, the saints players all sit on the sideline and they send the coach out to play all by himself. And so the coach is out there playing rock, kicking to himself, playing defense, playing full forward. But, but there's just so many demons. They're running all around him and they're kicking goal after goal. And the saints are on the sideline going, come on, coach, come on, saints, you can do it. Yeah, if you were watching a team like that, what would you think? <laughs> you would think, what a stupid team. They're all sitting on the sidelines and the coach is playing all by himself. Well, eventually the coach faints and so they stretch the coach off and they send out the assistant coach. <laughs> and there's all the players on the sideline cheering on the coach and assistant coaches, again, doing the very best they can, but there's just too many demons. They're, they're losing. Well, thank God for halftime. And I think the church is in a bit of a spiritual halftime and leaders are realizing their job is not to do all the work run around doing everything, the one-man band. And I think followers of Jesus are realizing our job isn't to sit on the sidelines and cheer the leaders on. Uh, maybe if we get everyone on the field, everyone involved, everyone positioned in the second half, we can turn this thing around for the kingdom of God. And so that's what I observe here. The first thing Jesus does, he doesn't go out and do it all himself. He gathers a team of people to work with him. And so let's apply this to your life and my life today. First up, uh, I would say Jesus wants you on his team. The story is not in the Bible just to tell us what happened. It's to reveal the heart of Jesus. And so just as Jesus called these disciples, Jesus is calling out to you today and he wants you on his team. Later on, the Apostle Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 and say that he'd been saved and called with a holy calling. And so life is not just about salvation, going to heaven when we die. <laughs> Otherwise, when we baptize people, we might as well just hold them under a little longer. <laughs> Let all the bubbles go, you know, uh, straight to heaven, no backsliding. It's right, if you're visiting, Bayview doesn't do that. But, but you know what? We're not just saved to go to heaven. We are also called. Uh, that calling has to do with our purpose and our contribution right here, right now. You know, when I was young, uh, basketball was my favorite sport. And when I was young, we'd often get a bunch of guys together and have a bit of game. And so two of the best players would be captains. And so the first captain would pick and we'd all line up and the first captain would pick their first player and the second captain would pick theirs and they go through until they've got a full team. You know, there was nothing better than to be picked first <laughs> by one of those really good players and there was nothing worse than being picked last or not picked at all. Okay, we've got enough. You know, you, you guys go sit on the sideline. You know, Jesus doesn't overlook us. He looks us over and he calls us to join him in the work that he's doing in the world. And so God's in the recruiting business. He really is. And he has this amazing ability to take ordinary people like you and I to do some extraordinary things. Uh, think of the Bible stories, Abraham and David and uh, Moses and Mary and Peter. They, these were just ordinary people, but God chose them, empowered them to do some extraordinary things. And so God wants you on his team. And Bayview is just that. It's a team. It's a body. It's a group of people where every member has a contribution. Every member is a minister. Uh, the second observation I make today is that Jesus sees what you can become. 
you know, we tend to look at people the way they are. Oh, there's Mary. And the way they used to be, she used to be. We see people's present and we see their past. Uh, Jesus sees us as we are now, but he sees our future potential and, and he speaks into that. Notice, notice here he says to these, these couple of guys, I mean, they're fishing, fishing for fish. And he says, yeah, you know, right now you're catching fish. I'm going to teach you how to influence people. So, so he sees what they're doing today and he speaks to their future potential. This is the very heart of God. You see it right through the biblical narrative. Remember in the Old Testament, an angel turns up and says, Gideon, you mighty warrior. Is that who Gideon was? No, he's hiding somewhere in fear and trembling. And yet God says there's a mighty warrior somewhere inside of you. Uh, when Jesus first met Simon, the name Simon means reed. And so uh, Simon was a very fickle, shaky, up and down, roller coaster kind of personality. He says, you're Simon, you're, you're this flaky kind of reed, but you're going to be Peter. And the word Peter means rock. You're going to become someone solid that I can build some things on. Can you see God doesn't just see who we are now, but he sees our potential. You know, when I was a uh, young person in the church, late teens, uh, I had a, one of the leaders in the church take me out to lunch. His name was Ken. And I was a preacher's kid, you know, a little bit shy, a little bit introverted. But during that lunch somewhere, he said, you know, Mark, you're a really good young man. And it's clear that God's given you a leadership gift and uh, God's going to use you. He just said, said some positive things in, in, into my life. And I remember leaving that lunch kind of feeling a foot taller than I already am. It's amazing when we believe in people and not just see them the way they are, but to see what they can become. And so, you know, maybe you've had some people speak into your life, some positive things. If so, be grateful and believe in that. Maybe you've had some negative things spoken in your life. You know, sometimes people just see us as we are and they uh, kind of freeze frame us there and they, they limit our potential. It's been said that Beethoven's teacher said to him he was hopeless as a composer. Well, uh, I think we've all heard some Beethoven pizza, uh, not pizzas, uh, pieces, but I can't remember that composer's name. Thomas Edison's teacher said he was so stupid he would never learn anything. Well, he's had a few bright ideas since then. Uh, Walt Disney was fired by a newspaper editor for, quote unquote, not being creative enough and not having enough new ideas. <laughs> Beethoven, Thomas Edison, Walt Disney, they all had people that didn't see their potential, in fact, spoke negative words to try to limit them, but they all rose above that. And so I would encourage you today, God doesn't just see who you are today, He sees your potential, He speaks into your future. I wonder what God sees when He looks at baby today. A bunch of ordinary people, but you know, God sees entrepreneurs, He sees scientists, He sees songwriters that haven't written their first song yet, He sees, sees architects and designers and team builders and maybe church planters. And uh, you know, who, who knows what's in cedar form in Baby as a congregation today? And so, let's see our potential, not just our past. Jesus does that in this story. Another thing is, Jesus is committed to your success. Uh, notice it says here, I will make you fishers of people, or I will show you how, or I will teach you. So he doesn't just kind of give this grandiose, oh yeah, you can do this, you can be anything you want to be. No, he says, I'm going to show you, I'm going to teach you. 
And, and so Jesus was committed to these disciples that he called. Uh, he invested time in them. He gave them responsibility. He trained them. He encouraged them. He never gave up on them, even when they made mistakes and failed. He prayed for them. He supported them. Uh, Jesus was committed to help them become what he believed they could become. You know, it's the same way for you and I today. Uh, Jesus sees who you are. <laughs> he knows us warts and all, our weaknesses, uh, our failings, but he sees our future and he's committed to work with us, to help us to overcome those mistakes and reach our potential. Later on, Paul would say uh, we are God's workmanship or God's masterpiece. Uh, the Greek word is poema, from which we get the word poem. And so you are a masterpiece. You are uh, God's workmanship. You are a work of art, not a piece of work, a work of art. And so God's working on you. He's not finished with you yet. Uh, it, it's not all done, but he's committed to your success. Uh, a final observation here is your response is your choice. You know, he didn't force them to follow him. He, he put the call out there. He, he spoke words of faith and confidence into their hearts and spirits, but he gave them a challenge a challenge to become active on his team and a chance, an opportunity to be involved. Uh, but what would their response be? What would they do? Would they just hear the call and go back to life as it has been? Or would they respond to the call? And they did. They let go of what was in their hand and they followed Jesus. They stepped out of the crowd and onto Jesus' team out of the crowd and onto Jesus' team. You know, Jesus loved the crowd. He spent time with thousands and thousands of people. But although he loved the crowd, he never said, I will build my crowd. Never said, I will build my crowd. You know, crowds have certain characteristics. Crowds are consumers. They, they come for what they can get. And in many ways, they have an entertainment focus. And uh, a crowd type person will say, well, if I like this, I'll, I'll be back. But if I don't, well, uh, I'll find somewhere up the road. You know, crowds have no relationship. There's no contribution. There's no commitment. Uh, crowds can be quite fickle, you know. <laughs> they can love you one day and hate you the next. They can turn against you if they get offended. In fact, it was the same crowds that, you know, yelled Hosanna to Jesus that not long afterwards said, crucify, <laughs> crucify. And so, again, Jesus loved crowds, but he realized he couldn't build anything with crowds. And so that's why he so often turned to crowds and challenged them to step out of the crowd and to take a commitment to follow him, to become part of his team. So he knew that he, he couldn't do much with crowds, but with a committed core of disciples, he could literally change the world. You know, these handful of men and women, you know, uneducated, ordinary people ended up literally turning the world upside down, writing books that we're still reading today, influencing their generation because they stepped out of the crowd and became a part of Jesus team. You know, times of significant change come at a point of commitment. When we make a choice to cross the line, when we say yes, something happens. You know, after all, action changes the world, not knowledge. <laughs> you know, we know a lot of things. Uh, knowledge doesn't change the world. It's what we do with what we know. It's the actions that we take that speak so loud and cause a ripple effect. And so what, what about you today? We've read this story in Matthew, Jesus calling some disciples. We've seen Jesus as this amazing team builder. 
and we've drawn a few lessons. He wants you on his team. He sees what you can become. He's committed to your success, but ultimately it's your response. And so, and so what about you today? Are you following Jesus yet? Maybe you're at Bayview today or listening to this message or watching it online and you're just interested in who Jesus is. And that's great. Bayview is a fantastic place to explore the reality of God. And so maybe you've got questions and thoughts. Is God really real? And so I encourage you to lean into those questions, keep pursuing. And uh, my belief is Jesus is what you're looking for. And he has everything you need. If you're looking for forgiveness today or, or peace or, or joy or a sense of meaning and purpose, all those things are found in Jesus. So I want to encourage you to continue to pursue him and follow him. Uh, are you on Jesus' team yet? Uh, you know, this has worked out in our daily lives, how we use our time, our energy, our gifts for the benefit of others. And I'm a big believer that all of life is sacred. It's not just what happens on Sunday or at a church gathering or even at the church building. Uh, your contribution at home, in the neighborhood, at school this week, in, in, in the workplace. You know, the Apostle Paul said, whatever you do, and it's a big word, whatever, whatever you do, do it in the name of or representing Jesus. And so all of life is sacred and all of life is a, an opportunity for us to be part of God's work in the world. That contribution also includes our local church and uh, every one of us, uh, not just to be an attender, but Jesus wants us to be a member and a minister at the church that we're a part of. We all have what's called a unique shape. We've got spiritual gifts, we've got passions, we've got abilities, we've got a unique personality and a range of life experiences. And so I encourage you to, to take time to reflect on your shape and begin to serve for the benefit of others. You know, when you serve, God is blessed, people are blessed, and you also grow in the process. And so have you joined the team here at Bayview? If you're on the team, I want to say a big thank you. You know, Bayview would not be what it is today without your service, without your contribution. And you know, we, see, see, we see people serving in the weekend gathering, but there's so much more that happens behind the scenes, out with uh, children today, ministering to them, uh, many support ministries uh, that are involved with the church and all through the week with small groups and community outreach and mission and prayer and governance and board. There's so many opportunities at Bayview. And so if you're on the sidelines, I want to encourage you to get involved. You know, sometimes we're on the sidelines because we're a bit tired, maybe a bit burnt out. Maybe we've been running too fast or maybe we're injured and need some recovery time. That's okay. You know, Bayview is a safe place just to get well, to catch your breath, to recover. And so no guilt, no pressure if you're on the sidelines for a reason like that. But don't stay on the sidelines forever. Get well, get healed and get back in the game. Uh, sometimes we're not sure where to serve. And so if you're not sure, have a chat to one of the leaders. See what opportunities are out there and available and, and, and get involved. Just start somewhere. Uh, maybe you haven't taken the step to get involved. Uh, don't be an onlooker. Don't be a spectator. Join the team today. I'm sure that no ministry in Bayview has a no vacancy sign over it. There's opportunity for everyone. You know, there's a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody and nobody. There was an important job to be done and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Now, somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. 
Everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. How true is that? You know, let's be that somebody who steps out and gets involved and joins the team in this great work Jesus is doing. Let me pray for you today. Lord Jesus, thank you for your example, choosing ordinary people like us to be part of your work on the earth. Uh, thank you for looking beyond our faults, our weaknesses, our inadequacies, our inadequacies and seeing our potential, who we can become. Thank you for being committed to our success, for putting people around us, mentors, coaches and leaders who can train us and help us grow. Finally, may each one of us respond afresh to your call today. Follow me. Come follow me. We hear you saying that to each one of us today. We choose to step out of the crowd and join your team. And may each of us be active in your work, wherever we find ourselves, serving with joy and love and compassion. And as we do so, we know the church will grow and your kingdom will come in our world to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, baby. Have a terrific week. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.